You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to another edition of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Listen, when you live in Oklahoma, and you live in Oklahoma City in particular, you know it's a small town, and the truth of six degrees of separation actually becomes more like two or three degrees of separation. And a couple years ago, I was introduced to today's guests, and it didn't take long, one, for me to really like this person, but also for me to understand that we ran in some of the same circles, had some of the same friends, and that's just something that I think happens a lot in our communities. When I got to know Ronnie Ketch and a little bit more about Ketch Design Center, I'll have to admit that in the back of my mind, as I was trying to put together the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast, I kept thinking about Ronnie and the incredible story and the history of his company. And so I think you're going to get a lot of enjoyable uh, tidbits out of today's episode. And so I I hope everybody will... uh, Enjoy, and we'll welcome to the studios here at the Epic Studios, Ronnie Ketch. Ronnie, welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Afternoon, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well. So, Ronnie, let me ask you, you know, in my mind, there's a lot to cover. And I think let's just start with the simple background. How did you get into interior design in the first place? Really uh, started out when I was, you know, when I was 14 or 15 years old working in a warehouse for my father and went to college, went to California, came back, worked a little bit more, graduated from school. And when I graduated, I started working at one of his retail stores. So he had three wall covering wallpaper retail stores and a wholesale company. Very successful. Um, Sales were great. I had worked um, on the south side of Oklahoma City, which is um, not the upper end part of Oklahoma City, and I bought a house. And when I bought a house, I had a house payment. My dad paid about eight bucks an hour. So I started installing window treatments or blinds. Back then it was mini blinds. So 1991, I was installing mini blinds to make a house payment through my dad's company. So at night, I would make money on installs and during the day work for him. So. A year or two went by and my dad's warehouse burned down and really stressful. I'd grown up in this place. It was uh, it was like my home, my house. I'd worked with the same people for a long time and it was a hard day when that burned down. But the day that it burned down, we decided to go back into the wholesale business and we got a phone and started ordering wallpaper. And that next Friday we had a warehouse and we, we started shipping wallpaper out that day. And about a week later, my dad said, I want you to go out on the road and be a, you know, he had a couple of reps that hadn't done a lot, but he wanted me to go on the road and sell wall covering. So Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, Tulsa. And I did that. And his company, uh, his wholesale company was kind of shrinking at the time he was getting older. So when I went to work, it was running about 600,000. And the second year I added a million in sales and we had something. So we, we, we built a wholesale business together um, and it was doing fantastic. So we get to 88 or 98, 99, and people quit buying wallpaper. Okay, so 
in 2000, we sell that company. Um, my father does well, and I got to work for him. So I worked for them for three years, knowing that they're not going to make it, that wall coverage is going to go away, and all these little retail stores we sold to were going to be gone. And so I started as a, basically a ghost employee for this company as I started working on um, a, a, a design center. So right now we are Catch Design Center. So that was the beginnings of that. And I knew nothing about fabric, and I didn't know anything about Hardware, how to hang drapes. I just knew how to sell two-inch faux blinds, basically, and, and simple hard window treatments, which are not drapes, and built from there. Well, one of the things that, as we've talked in the past, e- even though wallpapering went out of fashion, I guess, you guys maintain a pretty big inventory of that original stuff today. And oddly enough, if I remember right, you'll get requests for some of the off-the-wall stuff even to this day. Sure. This uh, this week, well, there's a, there's a movie um, called Stillwater that Matt, I, I believe Matt Damon sent it. They came in last week and bought, I think, 1300 bucks worth of old vintage wallpaper for that scene. And Ernesto, one of our paper hangers, is coming down next week to hang that. So that's fun. There's many movies that they've come in and bought that old stuff from. And we don't sell a lot of that, but it, it's interesting. We still have a warehouse full of it and still sell it. And I th- I think it's a, a wonderful um, kind of story and shows the transition that you've been through. Um, what is different today? So you've been doing interior design of some sort for quite a while, and you talked about window treatments and that. What is, what's the core of catch design? Let, let's go back through that. Today, um, where is your focus as an entrepreneur? Well, we've got a design center. So Catch Design Center, uh, we have samples of fabric, and we have every window treatment known to man. So we do a lot of work for interior designers. We have um, a staff of, I've got really three interior designers that when you come in, we help you with with your window treatments. But we also do upholstery. Uh, We do some commercial jobs, a lot of automated shades, and a lot of draperies. What is it like now? I'm just curious. It, you know, thinking we all think about when we get our, our foot in the door to anything we've done in our careers. And, you know, like I think back to where I started my career and all the transformations that have taken place in there. And so, for example, you know, you're, you're, you've got a showroom and people come in. What, what has happened to your business? How has it impacted you with the Internet and social media and the things. Do you still do business the old way or what kind of transformations have you had to adjust or decided to make uh, for your business? In the beginning of the start of this new business, so I would say 2003, 2004, we were retail. Um, We were a commodity business and what has happened to us now is we are custom. So many times we'll go out, I will go out with an interior designer, we'll look at a house, we'll plan out their window treatments, plan out their upholstery, and we'll come back and we'll put a plan together and we'll go back and install this plan. And the difference between 2004 and now is in 2004 we didn't know what we were doing. And now I, I, I feel comfortable to say we're experts at what we do. Well, and you've shared some stories with me in the past, so I know you guys, one of the things that I think's unique about you is you go to the ends of the earth 
to get a project done, sometimes it makes no logical sense, right? What a customer wants, but somehow you you figure it out. Why is that so important to you? Well, we've talked about this. So, so you've brought up the Swiss Army knife, and that's that would be the staff that we have. So we have carpenters, we have welders. I've got a technical guy that's really good with electrical problems. The staff that I have, when I can't figure something out and we have a meeting, somehow we come up with a plan. So our expertise has become when someone can't figure out how to do something with a window, how to cover it, we've gotten past the idea of not being able to fix it. In all cases, I think we can come up with a plan that works. And that's that's the difference between how we started and where we are now. We've become good at what we do. Absolutely. And in the matter of fact is I think that that's kind of given you a, a reputation on that. So what's it like? Let, let's switch gears a little bit. What's it like being an over 50 entrepreneur for you, Ronnie? Um, do, do you address things differently than you did early on in your career? Um, what's, or, or has your focus changed? As you have you as you've gotten a little wiser, I think our focus has absolutely changed. I think you know originally we were doing this for money, and we were trying to pay the bills and trying to survive. And years ago, I read something about if you do a craft and you do it well, that you find happiness in your life, and that you sleep better, and that everything comes together when it's not about the money. And when we started trying to do perfect work instead of trying to make a big profit i think our business came together and we are more profitable from it so the difference would be me getting up in the morning seeing how many sales i can make to hey we've got this let's do perfect and exact work and make this customer a customer for life do you think that that kind of goes with the whole story of freedom you know really kind of identifying i i i think it's critical that we figure out who it is that we want to be heroes to, right? Is it is a great right. saying, and so do, that do you think that contributed like that decision point for you to a greater freedom for you, or well, did it make it more challenging? I think that when you make the decision to do excellent work over trying to make a profit, you surround yourself with excellent people. Maybe you take care of your employees more. You make sure that they're happy. And then when you can back off and you have some, you know, you've got the best installer and you have the best interior designer and you have some, you have a staff that when somebody comes in that they would be very angry if they didn't take care of that person 100%. When you get to that point, then you can back off and you have time to do the things that make your company stronger. For instance, if we're doing an installation today and something's going wrong and I'm not on a ladder or out trying to sell something, I can get up from my desk and go over to the customer and have a conversation about what's going on and what we're going to do to make it right. Before we couldn't do that. I was too busy. You know, I'd have to call them on a Saturday or go see them on a, you know, on a, on a Monday morning when I had something else to do. So that part of the freedom is great. And the other part of the freedom is when you can back away from your company and see it as a whole when you're not struggling, there's a lot of better decisions you can make. And, and so when you can do that, we're now in the phase of trying to make everything more simple every single day. That, 
that is um, pretty insightful. And that's why I appreciate you sharing because I think as we get older, I think we bring, let's just not say wisdom, but we've made mistakes along the way. And that kind of helps craft this thing that, okay, we're not going to do, at some point you get tired of making those mistakes and, and you choose to do it a different way because you know it's the right way um, and it helps. So I'm curious, uh, as the owner of Catch Design Center, what does freedom mean for you? Freedom means that I have the time and the ability to do whatever I want. And that that doesn't mean I'm going to go travel to Europe for three months and ignore the business. It means that if I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm, I don't have a full day of installing or measuring, I can, I can make decisions on a, on a higher level. So maybe Monday morning I get up and I go call on a contractor I haven't seen in a long time, or go have coffee with them and say, hey man, what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong, and strengthen that. Maybe I run um, down to the hospital that we do all the business for and I run breakfast down to those guys and say hi to them. You know, maybe I run up north and meet another contractor and bring a barbecue, something like that. Things where I have time to do um, good things, not only for my customer, but maybe even for my employees. Has has there been a situation recently um, that was a challenging project for you that you had to overcome some things? I'm, I'm just curious because you're, you're telling, well, can you share an example of something that you might deal with? One's, one's on my mind right now. We had a job in Tulsa a few months ago and uh, a, an entire house of automated shades, screen shades, and the lady had picked the fabric and we'd seen the opacity it, and she liked what she saw. She wanted a little bit of light to come in. Well, we get them up um, and it's, you know, the entire house they're up and you can see inside the house. You can see inside the bedroom. So, you know, you go back and go, you pick the fabric, it's your fault, or do you go back and say, look, we're going to take care of this. Yeah. I've got a way to do this. And instead of maybe ordering the entire product, we ordered new fabric um, and went back and inexpensively fixed it. And hopefully um, we'll get that job done next week and she'll be super happy. But those are daily challenges. Things like that pop up every day. Well, and... So I'm I'm curious. Is that do you think that that's a function of the individual requests that you get? I mean, because you you really aren't a standard operator. You're a custom designer, and so you get requests like that. Is that part of what makes that so complex sometimes? Sure. So you're many times um, over a course of a year, and I'm not gonna. We don't. We don't. You don't lose money on many jobs. Um, you, you need to protect yourself in the sense that we have a profit margin that we stick to. And if you go below that profit margin and something like this happens, you're going to lose money. So on this particular job, maybe we make 15% and we make a customer for life. Mm -hmm. We don't put the responsibility necessarily on the customer to pay for this because we're the experts, though she picked the fabric. So we back off a little bit and say, hey, we're going to take care of this, help us a little bit with the cost and go forward and hopefully have a customer for life. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah, but I think that's what makes it unique. Have you, so so I, I can't help but wonder, have you ever thought about a more standardized, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat for a second, right? Sure. Like it would be a lot easier to have a more standardized offering, right? Probably more reputation, rep, repetition, excuse me, but I don't see that kind of resonating with you. That would be easy, that's easy on paper. So 
I had this is this is a, a good example. I had a customer years ago that was a builder, and he called one day and said, "Hey, we're going to go ahead and buy our blinds direct, and we're going to take that. We're, we're thanks, you've done a great job, but we're going to go ahead and, and sell these direct so we can make the money on them from now on." I said, "Great." He calls me a week later and said, "They don't just want blinds; they want draperies, and we don't. We I don't have a source to buy draperies." So he picked this particular company that sold a certain type of blind. And that's what he was going to sell them. Well, that's not how a you know a, a brand new million dollar house with seventy two windows works. People want things in different rooms, and they want upper end and they want lower end, depending on what room. Sometimes, so everything's custom. You know, it, at the end of the conversation, yeah. hey, they need a bunch of upholstery done. You know, they want the bedding to match the draperies. Can you guys do that? So, within a week, we were back on the house that he was going to do directly. There's a lot to it. Well, and that gets, let's circle back to the collaboration work that you do, because you talked about it. You know, we, we've done some work together and we, we, we came up with the Swiss Army knife to represent kind of what your company looked like. Talk a little bit about the loose relationship or the affiliations or whatever, because you hit on it. You're doing windows. Next thing you know, somebody wants upholstery or something else. And rather than say you don't do that, you, that makes, that's part of the design or the custom design in Catch Design Center, right? Sure. So share a little bit about how that works. Well, let's let's pretend I come to your house and you've decided that you want some Roman shades in your bedroom and you want them automated. So we talk about that for a minute. And then I look at your garden and it's beautiful. And I say, hey, Rick, your, your backyard's great and fantastic. And you say, yeah, we're planning on maybe getting some planters. And I go, well, we make steel planters for the backyard. Um, I could put that with Richard next week and I'll get you a bid. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, well, we have a CNC plasma cutter. So we do steel work. Um, and, and in the past, we don't concentrate on that. But as I'm saying that, there's a possibility that I need some cabinets made in my kitchen. Well, Fernando in the back is fantastic. Let him come give you a bid next week or in two weeks. I think we can save you some money. Okay, great. Um, yeah, do you have a painter? Well, sure, I've got Javier in the back. And I have a group of painters, and they're fantastic. I have two carpenters besides Fernando. So right. we have a group. Lynn's been with us 16 years, and she's probably the best upholstery lady in the state. So when I'm doing blinds in a restaurant, I look over and say, who's going to do your upholstery? Can I bid that? And they're like, yeah, we don't have anybody to do that. Please. Interesting. So, well, I, what I like about that is I think some people in your business would look at that you know, like those are competitors, but what you did is found a way to bring them all together and it's a collaboration. And at the end of the day, I think the client is probably better served. You're almost like sure. the gen general contractor, right, yeah, in absolutely. interior design. So I like that. So I'm, I'm interested. This just popped into my head. What I want to know, and again, it's kind of, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, as an entrepreneur, what would Ronnie Ketch be doing? I have no idea. No idea? I have no idea. You know that I when I wake up in the morning, I see so many opportunities to make money and, and not that I would necessarily be good at that particular thing. But when I when I have somebody that tells me that they're struggling or they can't figure something out, I just continue, you know, I say, well, here, here's what I saw the other day and I see such an opportunity to do this. So I think you take the basic business principles that you've grown up with and I'm not necessarily sure it matters what you're selling or what you're doing as long as you take that craftsmanship part of it first 
and that you take you put the customer first and you, you make sure that you take care of them I think you build from there I think that most of the world doesn't understand that that takes a little bit of time you know it's not something that comes overnight but if you can build a clientele that trusts you and knows that when you say you're gonna do something you're gonna do it I think you can build on it but I don't know what else I would be doing it would it'd be something that would pop into my head tomorrow and I'd probably go try to attack it well and like I said, I put you put you on the spot there, but I th- I think you're you're really um, on the mark with that because you know at the end of the day if if you serve other people, help them get what they want, right? It, it's and that can cross all different b- bounds of business. Um, but I was just interested to to ask you that question. So then, what I want to know is you've been doing this for a while. If you had to go back and start today in the business that you're in, knowing what you know, what things would you approach differently? Okay, so this is something we have discussed, and this is something that I've absolutely learned over the years, and you have fine-toned some of this in my brain. If I were to go back to, say, 2003, when wall covering was failing as a commodity or something that you would sell, and I would start over, I would probably concentrate on one thing more than 15. As I say that though, the 15 things we concentrated on, many things stuck. Right. Okay, so we, I panicked and got into steelwork, making hardware. We don't sell a lot of our own hardware anymore. We usually now order it from companies, but we still have several orders a week of hardware that we, that we cut, we weld, we paint, and we install. So saying that, maybe a higher concentration on maybe window treatments over the entire you know interior design world like when we, when we make furniture or we do this steel work I think um, fine toning what we've done over the years would have made a faster track but at the same time I'm glad that it that it's landed the way that it has yeah so what advice would you give to any entrepreneur you know um, we, we focus on over 50 entrepreneurs and second half entrepreneurs, but really we, we, get, we get some good information from our younger entrepreneurs. But with experience, what would you share with somebody who is thinking about getting into business today when you think back on your journey and where you are at this point in your life? Uh, really get a plan and stick to a plan and be organized and then you can't give up. I mean, you there are going to be days that you don't have any money and you're drowning and you, I didn't have a, you know, I have no net. I don't, right. I don't have anybody that, I don't have a money coming in from another source. So if it doesn't work, I have nothing else, which I think is the greatest thing that you could ever have going for you. So um, it's just pushing forward every day and okay. sticking to the plan and not giving up and knowing that your plan's going to work. If you don't think your plan's going to work, it's not. I mean, so you got to just push forward and not give up. So after the after the years of experience that you've had, is it easy to say that there are still days where you feel like you're in the fight and other days where you're like, wow, I'm on top of the world? Both. It still happens, right? Both. I feel every, both every day. Yeah. And both it, every day on every phone call and a text at 10 o'clock at night when the you know my blind's clicking and it's driving my daughter crazy. It, you know, it clicks in. I've got to, you know, I'll text him back and the next morning I'll be at his house and talking to him about it. Because really? I do care, I care about it. It yeah. means a lot to me, and I know how important that customer is. Do you ever do you ever worry about 
maybe, how do I say this? Do you care too much sometimes? Absolutely. And does it get you in trouble? The pro- the problem I've got, you know, went to Chicago last weekend, and I'm, you know, sitting in bed at 11 o'clock worrying about somebody's Roman shade fitting. <laughs> you know, so turning it off um, is a problem. You know, I left on a Thursday, and everything's great, and everything's going great, but I'm still worried about it on a Saturday and Sunday, and I want that to go away Yeah. because I think we're past it. I think that if anything goes wrong, we know how to fix it and get past it. So that's... I'd like that to go away. Okay. You know, that uh, you talk about freedom. I want the freedom to not ever have to worry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. And I've gotten a long way with that, you know. I used to worry a lot more. I don't worry as much as I do. But I think I think as entrepreneurs, we're always worrying. Sure. Right? There's something always on the worrying about your reputation. Yeah. Are they not going to buy from us again because we made a mistake? Well, that you know, when you take care of a mistake, that's a customer for life. You didn't have the opportunity to fix it if it was always perfect. So you jump onto the mistakes as fast as you can, and you make sure that you keep that customer for life. That's so, the goal. So that's a that's a good point too. Why do you think so many businesses? You know, you talked about you just go in and fix it, right? If there's a situation, even if it's not really your fault, and we could argue that both sides, like they have to have some accountability in there. But at the end of the day, you do the work so that the client's happy or the customer's happy. Why do you think so many businesses don't don't do that? Do you think it's they don't understand or or I, I think so often people are working for money and I think they're working to 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 get ahead with money. And I think that if you work to get ahead on your craft and you work hard to make sure that your customers are taken care of, no matter what that takes, I think that you wake up 10, 15, 20 years in and you've got these customers that will always buy from you. It's a trust tree. You build trust. And when something goes wrong, and if it's big, you jump on it as fast as you can to make it right. It is the ultimate long game. Yes. Right? And and you're 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 exactly right. If you're just chasing the dollar, and I think we all tend to do that when we're younger in our lives. Sure. Out of necessity, um, or if nothing else, we don't know better. But successful entrepreneurs always keep their eye on the long game, which is your reputation, it's a quality. It's, it's treating people right. And so I, I love that. And hopefully, I think you'd agree, we want to encourage our entrepreneurs to think about, you know, going the extra mile. The, the, great, the greatest thing you can do with a customer that I would do it when I was young, but I wouldn't do it as fast as I would now, is say you order shutters for me, and it's a certain brand that takes 18 weeks or eight weeks or what, it's going to take a long time. And I forget to order. And you call four weeks in and go, what's the date they're going to order? Instead of making something up, just go, Rick, here's what happened. I didn't order them. I forgot. You know, right. it, it, we, we, we dropped the ball. Sometimes that stuff happens. I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell them to you, you know, basically at cost, and I'm going to get them in, but I'm sorry it's going to take four more weeks, which is, which is we've made a huge mistake, and I'm going to tell you the truth. And when you start to do that, it, it's, everything comes into place. Right. So honesty to a loss pays off. Yeah. Well, Ronnie, we're coming to the end of the show today, and I really appreciate you sharing a little bit of time and a little bit of your story with us. If anybody's listening today that doesn't know Catch Design Center, because a lot of people do in the Oklahoma City area, but we have listeners from all over the state and actually some other states. If somebody wants to learn more about Catch Design Center, um, where do we send them? Well, okay, so Catch Design Center, we're strong on Instagram, we're strong on Facebook, we're easy to find that way. 
Um, and I would suggest starting there. Okay. We're at 4416 Northwestern in Oklahoma City, which is very easy to find. It's a 40,000 square foot building. Um, anyone's welcome to walk in and come and see the vintage wallpaper or walk around the shop. Uh, it's it's an open area, and we'll greet you at the front door. Okay. It's a fun place to come. Absolutely. Well, Ronnie, I, I appreciate it again, and um, hopefully we've, we've been able to share a couple tidbits here with the crowd today. Guys, again, you're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. And as always, this is Rick Hadrava. Until next time, remember that we're only getting started. So we hope to see you on the show next time. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.